Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Mike Lonier. Mike, are you ready to do this? I am. Excellent. Let's do this. Mike practices conscientious financial planning. He is an RMA, or Retirement Management Advisor, and he is the CEO of the Financial Preserve. I'm excited to have you on. Mike, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why it is you do what you do. Um, well, I'm, uh, I'm a financial planner uh, and a uh, registered investment advisor as required uh, for being a uh, comprehensive financial planner. I do this because um, uh, I like to help people, I guess, um, and solve puzzles. Uh, retirement planning is a kind of a complex puzzle, and um, it's intellectually challenging and a lot of fun to work on. And at the end of the day, it's also really terrific to be able to help people who um, are baffled by the puzzle or maybe confused by various things and to help them clarify um, a, you know, a plan for their retirement. I think that that's great. I think that there's a lot of great analogies or metaphors to, uh, to talk about financial advisory, but I think puzzles is certainly one of the, uh, one of the really good ones. And to, to your point, I think that sometimes a lot of the individual pieces can be confusing to people, and it could be an IRA, it could be an insurance policy. These are all pieces, um, but more so it's how do all the pieces fit together, and maybe one step further, what do we really want the puzzle to look like in the first place? So how do you, how, how do you like to get started? Well, that's a, that's a good point. Um, how you how you want the puzzle to look at the you know at the beginning or at the end is indeed the the, the, the most important question. And and I guess that's that's why I take a uh, you know a goals based approach. Um, an awful lot of um, financial advisory services, financial advisors, um, and even financial planners are investment based. And their, you know, their approach and their puzzle uh, picture is pretty straightforward. You know, they're they're focused on total return. They're trying to manage somebody's uh, money, their portfolio, and to basically get that to grow as much as they can. And and that's sort of the beginning and the end of, of their puzzle and their picture. Um, Retirement is completely different. It's all it's it's what you do when the focus on, you know, earning money and saving money and, and making it grow in an, in an investment-based plan, when that ends, that's when retirement begins. And, um, you know, it takes a different mindset and a different uh, way of thinking about goals. Uh, retirement goals are really different than investment goals. Retirement goals have to do with um, trying to figure out what kind of a lifestyle you want to live in retirement, how much it will cost, and how are you going to pay for it? And uh, especially if it lasts a lot longer um, than you think it might, and and ultimately you hope that it will last uh, a great deal longer than you think it might. Um, and of course, the longer it lasts, the more critical it is that the plan um, be a good one in the first place, or in fact, you might run out of money. 
Yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. Um, you mentioned, and I, I know from your website that you are you are a fiduciary, which means that you're legally obligated to act in the best interest of clients, and and you want to help people look at at the entire picture and do gold va- goals based advising. And I think sometimes t- people take that for granted that it's kind of like doesn't everybody do that? And you mentioned sometimes people are just more invest more interested in in focusing on the investments. And since we're talking about these puzzle pieces, I also think it's important to talk about if you're working with a financial professional, which pieces do they offer? Maybe they offer all of them. Maybe they just offer some of them. And and how are they compensated? Because that will certainly influence what pieces they're going to be focused on and if they're going to try to force that puzzle piece into your puzzle. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, There, you know, there are so many different flavors of financial advice, I guess, and different um, business models. And of course, most folks, um, their eyes glaze over when you begin to talk about that sort of thing. They, they think it's all kind of, uh, you know, putting a very fine point on something that, that um, they, they don't really understand very well anyway. But at the end of the day, the, I, I like to look at it as very straightforward, and that's what side of the desk does somebody sit on? Do they sit on your side or are they on the other side? you know, selling to you. And um, people sell a lot of things. They don't just sell stocks they or insurance policies. They also sell um, their services and um, and they sell their viewpoint and their philosophy. Uh, so everybody's selling something, I guess. But, um, you know, the, the, the difference, I think, is uh, that, that we're trying to get at is um, – you know, a, a fiduciary who puts the client's interests ahead of their own is not trying to, um, you know, sell a particular investment strategy, um, a set of products or, or, you know, insurance policies or, or any of that stuff. They're trying to help, you know, the, the, the individual um, make the best of their situation um, so that, you know, they are able to achieve um, their, their goals, their own personal goals, whatever those are, and not, um, you know, trying to fall into place with whatever the firm that they're, they're talking to, but the firm's goals, which usually have to do with uh, having as many clients as possible and managing as much of that, of those clients money as they can, because they charge fees for, for that based on the, um, you know, amount of money they manage. Um, and those things can be in conflict if, if they're not properly uh, 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 worked through. So um, in my case, I, I focus right on the client from the beginning. I'm not, I'm not focusing on their investment portfolio. I think it's terrific if they have one. It's probably pretty good to have life savings. Sure. Um, but what we start with is, you know, the um, where the client is and where they're going. How, you know, first of all, how old are they? How, how soon are they thinking about retiring? Are they in their 40s or 50s? 55, 60, getting into the red zone, you know, in terms of uh, maybe retiring at 65 or, or in their early 60s or later 60s. And how are they prepared for that? And what do they want to do in retirement? How much do they think they're going to need to uh, support the things they want to do? Or do they have a, a big expensive bucket list or are they, um, uh, you know, uh, live a more modest uh, a lifestyle? So we, we try to identify the lifestyle, the, the kinds of expenses they're going to have. Um, we look at their uh, um, expected income, um, you know, from the basic stuff like Social Security and pensions, if they have that, plus any other income they may have from rent 
rentals uh, or side businesses or if they intend to continue working in some fashion in, in retirement. Um, and then we look, you know, once that's in place, that allows us to, to build a household balance sheet. Um, and I'm not talking about a net worth statement. That's a snapshot. A household balance sheet looks at, you know, the next 30 years and it looks at those cash flows, income and expense cash flows and calculates a present value for um, income and expenses and balances it. And, and the balancing factor are, is the current value of somebody's savings. Is there enough savings there to, along with the present value of income, to support the present value of their expected expenses for the next 30 years? And that's the key to building a plan that will help them achieve their goals. And as you can see, we've not even talked yet about the market and, and investment uh, strategies. That's sort of the last piece of the puzzle, if you will. I like it. So what you've just been referencing is is, is that when you talk about building an income floor, that's understanding all the income that's going to be coming from all the sources when, when you are actually going to be retiring? Yeah, I mean, uh, essentially, uh, um, the income floor is basically the amount of money you need to pay for your expected expenses. Okay. So, I mean, just think of it as if you need $50,000 a year or $100,000, let's say you need $100,000 a year and you're looking at 30 years, um, you know, you're talking about $3 million in just straight uh, uh, cash. Um, the present value of that would be discounted by, by some safe um, discount rate, maybe 2% or 3%. Let's discount it at, the, at, you know, expected inflation of 3%. So it's going to be you know, discounted less at three percent less than three million dollars. Um, but if 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 you're you know if you're anticipating spending a hundred thousand dollars a year for the next thirty years, you're going to need that. That's your income floor. That's what you need to to pay for that. Um, anything else you have above that floor, let's say you have five million dollars in savings, um, then that you know that additional two million plus. Um, um, is your upside and can be invested uh, more or less safely in almost anything um, because if you uh, if you lose that money it won't change your lifestyle it does not affect your plan so it's it's your upside potential it's uh, you can look at it as it can support discretionary goals um, it could be part of your legacy um, it's long-term growth um, but it's not necessary it's not necessary for you to achieve your retirement goals because it's it's surplus in a sense. And so that's a great thing to have and a great place to be. But it's very important to be able to identify the difference between what you need and uh, any surplus that you may have on top of what you need. Yeah, I certainly appreciate that. I think that that's a great way to look at it. Um, <clears throat> I also see that it's important to obviously set aside allocations for things like longevity. And that's certainly, I hope we all live a really long life, but that makes planning a little bit difficult. Well, there's a lot of, un a lot of uncertainty in retirement planning. We, you know, we don't know how long we're going to live. We don't know, um, you know, how much our expense, our expected expenses are really going to cost um, because we don't know what the rate of inflation will be. We don't know what interest rates are going to be. We don't know you know, what our savings may earn in, in various, uh, you know, investments. Um, there's so many, you know, lots of uncertainties. Um, but we can plan. So we, we make educated guesses, if you will. Um, 
and apply those to a plan. And then every year we revisit that and adjust them uh, based on another year's information. Um, so um, part of what we try to do in a plan is to have um, 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 a number of risk management strategies. So in a typical investment-based plan, basically for a total return plan, uh, an investment advisor will will look at balancing stocks and bonds and trying to come up with some sort of uh, judgment about what what the risk of that balance is and how suitable it is, which is of course a, a legal a legally defined term for stockbrokers. They have to be able to justify the suitability of their of their uh, uh, product offerings to their clients. So you know they're trying to come up with some sort of a risk balance thing that's suitable. For the client, um, and that's the, it's sort of a one-horse uh, kind of an approach. Um, this investment, uh, total return investment, uh, balanced investment portfolio. Um, in the plans that that uh, we do, we look at four different uh, portfolios, and we start with a, the floor portfolio, um, which is uh, I call it the lifestyle floor portfolio, which is which is liability matched to that expected 30 years of expenses for uh, your retirement lifestyle. And basically we build a tips ladder, which is a very safe way to provide cash in the future that is uh, hedged against inflation, it's hedged against credit risk, it's hedged against business risk. Um, it's pretty safe stuff. So if, it, if you need $50,000 in real, real dollars um, 10 years from now, if you buy a 10 years tips, that's what you'll get. You'll get fifty thousand real dollars um, um, uh, transported into the future. Uh, if you start building that ladder ten years from retirement, at say age fifty-five, you'll arrive at retirement at age sixty-five with the next ten years of your retirement locked in, totally safe, with the uh, amount of money you need every year, in addition to what whatever you're going to get from social security and pensions and so on, um, ready to go. It'll mature every year, drop into your um, bank account and you'll have it for your expenses. And every year after that, you buy another 10 year tips um, and you'll have 10 years into the future, you know, um, to support your retirement going forward. So that's the key portfolio. Then we have a longevity portfolio, which uh, I typically look at QLAC um, um, deferred income annuities. They're low cost. They come out of a deferred account. It's a recent uh, innovation from the Department of Labor. Um, and they're basically uh, um, um, uh, annuities that you can buy from your IRA that will start paying at age 75 or 80 or 85, you choose. You can layer them so that you could have one that starts at 80 and one that starts at 85. They're limited to 25% of your account balance uh, or $130,000, uh, whichever is the smallest. Um, uh, each uh, spouse can have one based on their own deferred account balance. And so it's a it's a smaller part of your overall holdings, but it does provide lifetime income at the end of the plan when it might be you know uh, useful to have that take some pressure off of whatever your savings are, um, and you can't outlive it. So uh, typically, if you live more than four or five years beyond the date that it starts, um, depending on say if it's at age 85 or, or at age 80 even, um, if you live past age 85 then it's, uh, it's a win for you. You're starting to make money, if you will, um, and it, it's uh, adding to your income for the rest of your life. 
So that's the second portfolio. Um, we have one for um, spending and reserves, which is essentially cash. And it's a multiple, I look at it as a multiple of uh, the amount of cash you need in any given year in addition to Social Security and um, um, pension. So maybe it's one and a half or two times uh, the amount you need in any given year. So if you need 50000 plus Social Security and, and, and a pension, then your uh, spending and reserve portfolio might be seventy five dollars or $100,000 uh, kept basically in a ladder of CDs or half in money market funds and half in CDs. And then the final portfolio the one we we bring up last, which is what the investment advisors start with, and that's your uh, upside uh, uh, growth and legacy upside portfolio. And for me, it's basically a, a global equity portfolio um, of uh, um, low-cost uh, uh, global equity index funds. Um, it's a buy and hold portfolio. It's sized, at, you know, to to take up the the amount you don't need to cover your expenses and the amount you don't need uh, to cover your reserves and the amount you're not investing in longevity. It's what's left over. And again, if it grows and, and things are what go well over 15 years, hallelujah, you've now got additional funds that, that you can use uh, for discretionary purposes or for a legacy um, or to expand your floor uh, and build out uh, you know a higher um, expected uh, rate of uh, lifestyle expense than you had anticipated. And if it falls and if it suffers from financial, uh, you know, um, setbacks, which seem to come about every 10 years or so, mm -hmm. if, if not sooner, um, it's not a problem because, you know, your lifestyle is covered, you're protected. Um, so we use these four different um, portfolios. Each one uses a different management technique. Um, so it's a four-horse uh, uh, buggy as opposed to a one-horse uh, kind of a thing. I, I, I love it. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I think that those are, are strategies that, that everybody should familiarize themselves with a little bit more if they are not already. So thank you for that. And Mike, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Um, well, I think the difference-making uh, um, tip is to understand the difference between um, how you spend the first 20 or 30 years of your your life as an investor uh, trying to build, to build a portfolio and thinking about total return and reading about Wall Street and hearing from investment advisors and all that stuff and, and realizing that there's going to come a, a point in time when you, you change from being you know, an investor with an investment-based approach to being, you know, a retiree-to-be who has to start thinking about a retirement plan that has more dimensionality than just uh, an investment portfolio. Um, so you need to understand that turning point that happens somewhere as you start to get close to retirement. Changing from investment-based to goals-based and using the four uh, risk management uh, portfolios and techniques, the different techniques, um, to um, uh, allocate your resources to more than just investing goals. And that, that, that will make all the difference. I love it. That is great stuff. That definitely gets a come on. Come on. So, Mike, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Um, well, you can, you can look at, uh, at my website, um, which is uh, thefinancialpreserve.com. Um, or you can email me uh, at M-L-O-N-I-E-R at LonierFinancial.com. And 
I'll be happy to, uh, um, you know, uh, respond to emails if anybody has any questions. Um, and, by, and by all means, you can take a look at the website and see what you can what you can glean from there. And I'm also on uh, Seeking Alpha. I have, uh, you know, posts that I put up there from time to time. So you can find me on, you know, in the Seeking Alpha uh, author list or whatever they call it. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Mike your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to thefinancialpreserve.com, shoot him an email, and take advantage of his expertise. And you can also find him on Seeking Alpha, and I will link all those in the notes of the show. Thank you again, Mike. Thank you. I appreciate it very much. Thanks. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we're all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on!